while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, Chris McCarthy won't be here tonight. He'll be back next week. Um, But we're joined by another Chris, Christopher Micho, the uh, Director of Public Health in the town of Dartmouth. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good, thank you. So um, I... I sort of stumbled upon this issue because I was watching WPRI after after a show, and I, I saw that um, you were hosting a public forum uh, on this uh, septic issue, and it's going to impact some towns in the South Coast, uh, certain towns in the South Coast, and all of the Cape and Islands. Can you tell us a, a little bit about it, or a lot about it? Sure. So, in Massachusetts, the primary regulatory agency is called MassDEP, or the Mass Department of Environmental Protection. They're the agency that promulgates regulations that are minimum standards in Massachusetts, commonly known as Title V. Back in the summertime, they advised that they were changing Title V with a specific focus on southeastern Massachusetts, Cape Cod, and the islands. These proposed regulations that are in the hearing process at this time are going to require one of two things. If you are in an area which is designated as a nitrogen-sensitive area, which Dartmouth has areas that are eligible upon promulgation, as well as Westport, um, Cape Cod will be impacted, then the regulations will require the installation of a best available nitrogen-reducing technology at your residence. Okay. And there is an opt-out approach by the communities, which would be through this comprehensive watershed permit. So these are significant changes because if you're installing a septic system right now, which is happening throughout southeastern Mass and Dartmouth, we're issuing permits, and you're putting that system in. If these regulations promulgate and you live on Old Far River Road, Chase Road, Fisher Road, there's a lot of uncertainty and, you know, if it's part of your new house construction, we don't know which way this is going to go if these regs promulgate exactly as they're proposed. We're speaking with Christopher Michaud. He's the uh, director of uh, public health in uh, the town of Dartmouth. We're talking about a, a Title V issue that's going to impact a few towns in the South Coast and a lot of southeastern Massachusetts. You can chime in in the conversation, or if you have a question for uh, for Chris, you can, uh, can chime in at 508-996-0500 or shoot us a message on the WBSM app chat. Now, this impacts some parts of New Bedford, but it's Dartmouth, mostly Dartmouth, Westport, a lot of the uh, Plymouth County area and all of the Cape, uh, all of Cape Cod. Is that correct? All of Cape Cod. Um, I believe there might be some eligibility in Wareham. I'm not sure about the status of it because I'm laser focused on Dartmouth. Of course. Um, but those areas that are not um, studied yet, it doesn't mean that you're out of the woods on these regulations. Because right. the, the, what the regulations do is it provides the mechanism when these estuaries 
become impaired to trigger these regulations that then compel those two options. Well, so that's that's the that was the question I had. I wasn't clear on what exactly is making uh, why ex- what's the qualification for these towns like Dartmouth um, to be uh, part of this new regulation? What, what's going on in uh, Dartmouth, or what do they say is going on in Dartmouth and Westport, et cetera, to make this um, something that they're considering? Sure. So a number of years ago, almost 20 years ago, they began a study of the Slocums River uh, estuary system, which also includes Little River. Uh, A little while after, they did the same thing for the Westport River watershed. I mentioned the Westport River watershed because that extends up into um, a significant area of Dartmouth. These studies looked at nitrogen levels throughout the river. Uh, They also looked at certain... um, qualitative conditions within the uh, marine system and after they concluded the study they compiled the report and presented their findings in 2018 i believe it was september 30th 2018 to be exact mass dep held a hearing at the dartmouth town hall where they proposed what they called this tmdl for the slocum rivers watershed the tmdl is the total maximum daily load or a threshold of nitrogen at various points in the river, which were considered breakpoints, so to speak, of what is acceptable nitrogen and what is unacceptable nitrogen. So okay. the Little River system, it was determined to be okay. Slocum River is determined to be impaired. So the same thing occurred for the Westport River watershed. I'm not sure of the exact dates. But now that the river is impaired... If these regulations pass, it requires corrective action through those two courses. So uh, other towns, if they're found to be in a similar predicament, could eventually, if this is adopted, be um, uh, required to do these same Title V, quote-unquote, upgrades or improvements. Um, So uh, I guess um, is... Is this a legitimate issue of public health that they're addressing? So septic systems through Title V have a number of standards. Uh, Septic systems are designed to also protect the environment. So we've got a number of criteria in Title V that are protective of public health. Setbacks to wells is probably the best example. Separation to groundwater. But septic systems do a, a very poor job, a conventional septic system, of removing nitrogen. And nitrogen is a pollutant in the environment, particularly in marine systems. And it is something that has been known by science. It's been known by regulators for many, many decades. It predates the promulgation of the 1995 version of Title V that we've known about this. So Mass DEP was negligent in not addressing it then. They revised the code subtly several times. I believe it was around 03 or 06, and then they did it again sometime thereafter, and they didn't address these issues, but they knew about it. So they knew about the issues. They didn't address them, and now they're asking, now they might be asking people to make expensive corrective uh, corrective measures for their oversight. Correct. They're they're dealing with this in a reactionary way rather than in a proactive way. If they had put in some standards, 
many years ago, we'd be well underway with a, a massive amount of systems in town yeah. or towns that would have a system that better treats nitrogen than the conventional ones that the code allows now. And the other interesting aspect of these proposals is they still remain reactionary. Yeah. So you don't have to do anything until there's a problem. Right. It, is, it seems a little peculiar. Right. And Mass General Laws, I believe it's 21A, Section 2, Paragraph 10, compels Mass DEP to protect the air, the water, and the land. And how is reactionary regulations protective? That's right. reactive. Right. Well, so to that uh, to that end, we have uh, we're taking calls and messages. Uh, if you want to message on the WBSM app chat, if you want to give a call, uh, you can at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So, uh, speaking of sort of reactive, uh, if someone has an existing septic system, does this affect the existing septic system? Do they have to make upgrades to it, or is it grandfathered in? So that's interesting because this is really the first time where we have so abruptly transitioned from one requirement to another Mm -hmm. and yeah granted there is this um, period where these regs will happen but once this if this regulation promulgates as it's being proposed at some point in the future mass dep has everything in place needed to enact this against the slocums river watershed and if you put that system in a few years ago you're going to be subject to that five-year requirement Even though you were just permitted. I can't. I've been in government for 27 years in a few weeks, and I can't ever recall a take back or a walk back like that where we've said, no, we changed our mind completely. Yeah. And you're going to have to do something pretty significant. So this could actually impact existing systems. And certainly if you're building new systems, I mean, like you said, even more, um, I think... You know, after if people are building a house in Dartmouth or in Westport, and right now, and they're putting in a septic system, they may have completed their project. It's up, uh, everything's up. They're ready to move in, but now they'll have to uh, put it. They'll have to uh, implement this uh, nitrogen technology. Is what is what you're saying? Correct. And it's not only the cost of the system up front that's concerning. And how broadly that they're doing this in such a short time. But these systems are mechanical by nature at this time. And there are energy costs associated with it. And because they are working systems, they're not just passive systems where water rolls downhill, flows downhill. It requires a grade two wastewater treatment plant operator to be the maintenance provider for the system. So another cost. And that is for the life of the system. So it's another added household expense that wasn't there. So it'll be an increase in uh, in your utilities, uh, your utility costs, and there'll be an added maintenance cost to it. Correct. Wow. Now there is there is another avenue that is being sold by Mass DEP and some of the proponents of this regulation, and what is it's called the watershed permit. Yeah. And the watershed permit is a means in which a town can apply for this 
very comprehensive, convoluted permit to try to more holistically manage nitrogen in the watershed. The problem is it sounds good. It sounds really good to the homeowners that are worried about this. And I live in Westport, so my property is affected by this as well. Sure. And it might sound good, but I've had the opportunity to look at this and examine it from a variety of angles. And I'm uncomfortable with the watershed permit because the watershed permit by the proponents who don't have the municipal experience and know what can and can't be done at the local level are thinking that we can do it all and we can't. And the other thing that is really misleading by the state in all of this and the proponents is that the watershed permit may require some of the residents to install these systems. So it's really putting the municipalities in a bad situation where they're going to have to decide, do we want to do the watershed permit and try to spare some some of our residents? And they're being led to believe that they're all going to be spared. Or do we just do the mandate? 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hello. Yes, how you doing? Good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. My name's Chris. I'm from Dartmouth. Um, and I've been following along with this issue closely. Um, number one, I want to start by thanking Chris Michaud and uh, other leaders in the town of Dartmouth for getting ahead of this as a town resident. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let the technical details, um, I'll let Chris stick on that. I'm definitely immersed in this and very concerned. One, a couple of things that I want to bring up <clears throat> is the public engagement process on this. Um, this has been a process that lacks transparency and local stakeholder engagement on a large, almost unprecedented scale for regulatory changes that have the potential to cost residents across multiple towns upwards in the tens of millions of dollars range out of pocket costs. Um, you know, they just haven't really done a great job on outreach on this. Um, many people I've talked to in the towns of Westport and Dartmouth are just completely unaware of this. They're being caught off guard. It's really only gotten a little bit of momentum in the last week or two with some of the regional press picking this up. And that's appreciated, but we're really late in the game. Public comment period closes at 5 p.m. on Friday the 16th of this month, so we've got nine days for that. Um, I would just urge folks to really read up on this and don't just go to the media because the media is really slanting this to Cape Cod styled issues, excuse me, when this is really something that's impacting Southeastern Mass. Uh, Town of Dartmouth has a great sub website under the Board of Health for Title V revisions. There are recordings of two great informational meetings that occurred uh, that Chris led up in the town. Um, it's a hot-button issue, and you really got to put in some time. I know that's tough these days, and, and that, you know, even right now, right with the holidays upon us, this is right. another issue. <clears throat> You've got public comment period um, for verbal comments that occurred over six days right after Thanksgiving when people are turning their focus to the holidays. Right. You know, who does something like that? You know, <laughs> right. I, I've worked with government agencies for a long time. It's pretty much a no-no. You just don't do that. Um you know, so so I would urge you to keep tracking on this issue. Um, it's it's really a, a major thing that's flying below the radar for for folks. And I really can't uh, thank Chris enough. Um, I would leave this last comment 
I've, I've been in contact with some leaders in Dartmouth. I'm hearing good things that, you know, we're, we're, we're building a, um, you know, consensus on how to respond to this. <clears throat> One of my concerns as a resident is I really think that the legal angle needs to be, we've got to jump into that end of the pool at this point. Head first. We've got to we've got to get legal out in front of this. Um, this is this is bigger than just local voices, and even even the leadership of the town. We need leadership leadership on both the municipal leadership level, as well as a complementary piece on the legal side. Really, to be you know the best advocacy that we can for the town residents. Um, so again, tough tough subject here. I could go on for probably your, your entire time slot on this, but um, I'm going to leave the technical stuff to Chris um, and just ask people to really just dig into this. This is going to take a whole of government approach to solve, um, as well as state, stakeholder engagement, and that means citizens. So I, I, I implore people to really just engage on this. And uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. That was an excellent call. Hey, listen, let's take a break. Uh, if you got a question for Chris, you can call in at 508-996-0500. We also got some messages on the WBSM app chat that we'll get to. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSM. Tonight, I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We're here with Christopher Michaud. He's the Director of Public Health in the town of Dartmouth. We're talking about the Title V, uh, the new proposed Title V um, change that's being proposed by the DEP uh, that could significantly increase the cost of um, maintaining your septic system. So, uh, we've taken some calls. Uh, we've also taken some messages on the WBSM app chat. We've got more messages on the WBSM app chat. So uh, you said this could affect in, um, this could affect existing septic systems, um, but uh, we've got uh, people that want to know what would the what would the cost is there is there an estimated cost to the upgrade? Do you have a a ballpark figure on that? Oh, sorry, I didn't put the mic on. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so there have been various numbers floating around um, the impacted area, Cape Cod, the islands, southeastern Mass. And people, you know, most commonly hear what's going on in the Cape, and they're saying ten to 30,000. That's a Cape Cod number. Systems in south, south Coast, southeastern Mass are much more expensive. The geology of the underlying soils is not as conducive to the construction of a septic system. Interesting. So it adds more burden on the engineering and the installation. So you end up with a more expensive system. So, you know, the rule of thumb is, is that if you're putting a whole new system in, you know, we're 30 plus easily now. So, you know, and these advanced treatment units that you have to add in addition to a regular septic system, you know, can add about 10,000. So, you know, could we be looking at, you know, 10 to 50,000, depending upon what the age of your system is? Possibly. And I've had a, you know, a little bit of a think on this because the problem is in these new regulations, they want you to install a best available nitrogen reducing technology. Well, what is that? It's a advanced treatment unit that provides the lowest nitrogen value. Well, what's the value? Sounds arbitrary. Yeah. It's <laughs> go the lowest speed limit. Right. And then you get stopped. And yeah. the officer says you will go and 
too fast. You know, yeah, it's, right. You have to have a standard, a number, a metric that goes with a regulation. Yeah. They don't even know what they want yet because what they report that they want, there are no technologies approved at that level yet in Massachusetts that meets their criteria for the other standards. So they're going they're they're going to mandate a technology that as for all intents and purposes doesn't even exist yet for homeowners. There it's not permitted in Massachusetts yet. We don't have right. anything permitted under the general use approval that would be required as part of the best available nect- best available nitrogen reducing technology criteria. It's interesting. So uh the other question that we got from the app chat was uh is there going to be any, based on a conversation we had off the air, doesn't sound like it. Is there going to be any grant funding available for people to make these upgrades? Uh, doesn't sound like there might be uh, a lot available to this. No one's no one's really made that made that case yet, right? So that's you know one of the common threads in all of this that we keep hearing is you know cost, cost, cost. Absolutely, that's why you know we really want to get the word out to the people. This is a public participation process, and. It's important that if this is concerning you, because most of the people in the southeast in Massachusetts, south coast, non-waterfront property owners think about their wallet every day. Some of the proponents of this have said, stop thinking about this with your wallet. Stop listening. When they've talked to the state, they said, don't listen to that noise, as in the people that are saying just that. How are we going to pay for this? We're at inflationary highs once in a generation inflationary highs and we're ramrodding this proposal through without any consideration for that and they're pushing this thing through so so fast they don't even know what they want and they don't even have something that they know what they want right <laughs> it's it, it's it's crazy it really it's just and what what's driving this is they're getting sued by the conservation law foundation so they just want to hurry up and satisfy that and punish the people. So they're getting sued by the Conservation Law Foundation um, because uh, of this, of what they're seeing as a, an issue with nitrogen and uh, public waters. Um, and this is just a reaction from them to make this lawsuit go away. Is that what you're saying? It is. It has all, it implies that very strongly. Okay. And you know, all of the people that have raised concern about the cost and express what this is going to mean to them with their ability to live in this inflationary period. Yeah. Nobody has said that this is bogus, that, you know, they want a worse environment. They want the environment to stay degraded. Right. They're asking for an economic consideration. Yeah. Because how else is it going to happen? Yeah, because even if, like, let's say you can't do the upgrade, okay, it needs the upgrade, you can't do the upgrade, we don't even know what the technology is or the cost is at this point, but let's say it's something and it's expensive, Um, and you can't afford it, what are you going to, what's going to happen there? Like, what happens if you just can't, like, I can't do this, I can't afford it, what does the state do? So right now, one of the things that the state has tried to, you know, when they met with us back on August 24th in the town hall in Dartmouth, they tried to sweeten it by saying, well, there'll be, you know, you know, loans that you can, you know, obtain from, yeah, 
debt, debt, <laughs> yeah, debt. Right. You, know, you so, can get debt. Yeah, how yeah. do people of marginalized income afford more debt? How do people that are struggling to pay mortgages and you know college tuition struggle with more debt? How do people on fixed incomes struggle yeah. with debt? Yeah. You know, there will be public health consequences to these regulations. Right. Because how will people heat their homes, have hot water, pay for food, and... A lot of people now are in high deductible insurance. Right. So, you know, if you've got a family plan that is a $4,000 out-of-pocket deductible, yeah. now you have this debt with a 20-year betterment on your property because you funded it through the town. Right. It's going to be harder for you to access health care. Right. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat if you have a question uh, for for Chris. Um, so... Uh, even if you sold your house, actually, in this, like, like last resort, you can't do the upgrade, so you sell your house, the value of your home will be decreased by the fact that you can't get this upgrade, and it's going to need to be upgraded. It's it's pretty wild. So um, moving on to – so we have a pretty good grasp on the issue, I think. Moving on to sort of the communications from the state government on this. You've said, you know, people are saying don't listen to the noise, uh, you know, uh, we'll give you a loan. Uh, you can incur some debt to do this. But um, something a caller brought up that I thought was interesting is the timing of these public hearings. Does it feel to you like they're trying to do this as clandestinely as possible? It's deeply concerning with the timing of these public hearings to be placed in between the holidays and so soon after the first one. Right. And what was said to us back on August 24th was they would have a public hearing in the fall and promulgation of the regulations, passage of the regulations by winter 23. So I asked, winter 23 comes in two parts. Yeah. First part ends in March of 23. The second part begins in December of 23. They said the first part. This is unusual. You've got a, an outgoing administration, an incoming administration, and you have an unprecedented regulatory change that is going to cost people in an area or potentially cost people in an area significant money. Now, there's always the watershed option, but there's so much uncertainty with the watershed permit option that people shouldn't be sitting there complacent saying, well, the towns are going to go for the watershed because there's going to be a lot of political pressure on them to get the watershed permit and they can you know, manage it holistically. There's the uncertainty if you can truly manage it holistically. There's the challenges of obtaining the funding through town meeting because, you know, some of the people may be on sewer and not want to see the town spend all this money on a permit that can't, that isn't, is not a guarantee that it will work. So, so, and even, even if, well, the town meetings are, are, are definitely difficult to navigate. So, um, but what, if you were to do the watershed per, uh, permit, this still wouldn't even guarantee necessarily that people's septic system, they wouldn't eventually have to upgrade their septic systems, correct? That is correct because there is nothing written into these regulations by MassDEP that offers that immunity, that outright immunity to all existing septics. Right. The first thing you have to do is hire an engineer to do a convoluted calculation to figure out where we're going to get the nitrogen reduction from. Right. And the easiest one to get it from is going to be septics. The hardest one is going to, well, let me say this. 
the impossible one are going to be those safeguards that you cannot regulate existing 40B projects. They're immune to local regulation and bylaws because they're affordable. They only have to adhere to state. That even applies to those existing projects that we were approved 10, 15 years ago. Agriculture is exempt. You look at the Westport River Watershed um, Plan and, uh, report, and it shows a vast majority of the nitrogen allegedly sourcing from farms. Right. And how are you then going to go after all of that when you can't? And you there's very little place else to get it from. Um, they're going to say, well, you can try to get at it through stormwater. Um it sounds good, but how are you going to really make all these stormwater improvements to get that much nitrogen out? I, the other option is going to be sewering, you know, right. but sewer expenses may outpace or out, you know, a innovative alternative septic system design. There haven't been any sizable extensions in Dartmouth that I could say, you know, the last one that we had three years ago was this much. Right. Um, I don't think we've had a sewer extension you know, of any size, there might've been some small individual ones, but you know, the last big extension we had was in Bayview, which was before the great recession. I right. think those prices are a little outdated. Yeah. So, uh, I think you brought up an interesting point. You've got an outgoing gubernatorial administration, so they're not going to bear any brunt of the, uh, political consequences for this really Healy, the Healy administration. will. it seems, I don't know that that seems kind of, uh, planned, right? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, do you think that they're doing this now to sort of, you know, um, skirt the political consequences of costing people all this money? You know, that's an interesting question because who would, you know, you know, obviously you get cabinet level changes with the new administration. Yeah. But sometimes there are those people, you know, a, a rung or two down that, you know, remain due to their institutional and technical knowledge. To propose something so severe and so consequential on an area, I I would have I would I find it hard to believe that there isn't some knowledge of the incoming administration, especially knowing that the attorney general represents the Commonwealth of Massachusetts when they are being sued. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're also taking messages on the app chat if you want to send a question on this on this topic. We're going to take a break, and then when we get back. I want to talk about how people can communicate uh, their concerns um, with the uh, DP on this matter. So let's take a break. Fourteen twenty WBSM New Bedford's news talk station. The your voice heard right now on South Coast tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, we're here with Christopher Michaud. He's the director of public health in Dartmouth. We're talking about an issue um, that's currently affecting people of some parts of New Bedford, the town of D- uh, Dartmouth and Westport. Uh, um, on a potential required Title V upgrade to your septic systems that will cost residents and homeowners uh, a lot of money. So one of the questions, we, we've gotten a few questions from Dartmouth residents here on the app chat, uh, but you can call in at 508-996-0500 as well. One of the questions we got on the app chat uh, during the break is, will all residents, even those not near water, have to upgrade like uh, like North Dartmouth? That is a great question. So these watersheds can be very expansive and extend, you know, like the Slocum River watershed, 
that extends all the way up behind the airport of New Bedford. The Westport River watershed for the East Branch extends to the west side of Fonts Corner Road, where uh, even High Hill comes in. So it's these drainage basins that feed the estuary itself. Okay. And interestingly enough, there can be some properties, um, like those that might be along um, the immediate oceanfront, that may not be impacted by these regulations because their groundwater and surface water flow is directed directly into Buzzards Bay. Interesting. So, in in fact, there's some people that live in South Dartmouth, like on the uh, near the ocean or right on the ocean, that might maybe less impacted than someone who lives, like you said, up near the uh, up near the airport or the or the mall area. So, um, so it's not impact. So it's impacting. So this this is impacting most of Dartmouth, or because what you're saying is not necessarily impacting all of Dartmouth, but perhaps most of Dartmouth. These these regulations. Most of the areas that are served by on-site septic systems. Now, there is the Aponagansett Bay watershed, and that is being studied right now. And my understanding is that the initial findings are showing impairment. So any septics, which is a small number, would be impacted by a impairment designation of Aponagansett if that time comes and these regulations pass. I get it now. So it's not by municipality it's by watershed correct they're classifying this correct okay okay i'm just i get that that makes more uh, a lot more sense now so we're speaking with christopher michaud he is the director of public health in dartmouth we're taking calls and app chat messages if you want to ask him a question on this important title five issue it's going to affect dartmouth westport perhaps some parts of new bedford uh all of the cape um so chris um there there were two meetings uh, just so I got a couple questions. One, uh, what was the tenor of those meetings? Uh, and two, how can people, if they weren't able to make those meetings or if they were able to make it and they want to make further comment, uh, how can they let the state know how they feel about this issue? Sure. Well, I attended all of the meetings. Two of them were in person. There was another one that was virtual. The initial meeting was overwhelmingly, you know, people concerned about the cost and the impacts. The last meeting was overwhelmingly in favor of the regulation and doing it swiftly. So, you know, it is um, interesting to see the, uh, the different sides as well as the perspectives from the Cape versus southeastern Massachusetts. There are vast differences between southeastern Massachusetts land use and geology that make us uniquely different than Cape Cod. And this watershed approach, while it may be, and I'm not speaking for Cape Cod, maybe it is a, a, a better fit for Cape Cod. Southeastern Mass, you really have to look at each individual respective community. Now, I'm aware of a letter that was written by a um, a local action group in which they criticized local communities, particularly Dartmouth and Westport, and you know for not acting sooner, and that the watershed permit, you know, that really does give you, you know, being the towns the way to better manage nitrogen. Well, in Dartmouth, I've been with the town for nearly 27 years, we've been very proactive in Dartmouth with trying to address all sources of pollution. We've been at the forefront of land preservation 
which has certainly removed potential nitrogen from our estuaries. We have had some of the first stormwater regulations. We have impervious area regulations. We've sewered vast, vast areas of Dartmouth to the point where we've relatively reached out the ability of our treatment plant. It can only process so much gallonage per day, and we're at that roughly. There's some small areas, so to think that we're going to take that existing plant and start putting miles and miles of pipe in, that's not going to happen with the infrastructure that we have now. And the last thing that we haven't done and this is a problem with these regulations. There are some communities, West Tisbury, uh, for example, and some of the um, Buzzards Bay municipalities, went ahead and put these innovative alternative requirements in place with their local regulations. Okay. And those communities that did that and the people that undertook that added step above the state regulations will not comply with this regulation because what they're looking for doesn't exist yet. So they did something extra, and that's not even good enough. So I'm glad we didn't do that in Dartmouth because we would have made people spend money for nothing. It's like when um, in the late 90s when they uh, made all those restaurants and businesses add a bunch of ventilation for... uh, for uh, smoking, for permitted smoking inside, then they just went ahead and banned smoking inside everywhere um, wholesale. So I think it's very similar to that. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Good evening. Good evening, fellas. This is a interesting story. Um, as far as our local <clears throat> politicians, has it been raised with them? Is there anything they can do to, to help us? Because I, I look at, for instance, Fairhaven, and not to, not to beat up... Uh, Fairhaven, but aren't they pumping surge out into New Bedford Harbor? Well, why aren't we doing something about that instead of going after the little guy, the homeowner, um, who's trying to comply? And Dartmouth sounds like it's done a good job complying, but yet we're still going to punish the little guy. So, yeah, has there any been any um, any elected leaders in town that have, have been vocal on this issue? So that is um, a great question. You know, I have been in regular communication with Representative Christopher Markey right. and Senator Montigny's uh, staff. Who, um, you know, they are the uh, the delegates and the legislator that cover Dartmouth. Right. Uh, you know, I've had some good conversations uh, with Representative Markey today. So I know that they will be responding to MassDEP on this issue. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned about, like, you know, beyond... Um, you know, some of those things that we've been talking about. You mentioned like wastewater discharge uh, via, you know, sewage treatment plants or combined sewer overflows. Um, yeah, that's another issue as well. And, you know, we've got situations in Dartmouth because the state deregulated the handling of compost of organics to remove it from landfills, send it to compost sites. And now you've got all of these compost sites that are siting in rural areas with no environmental oversight. And the leachate to the, that discharges to the environment can be extremely nitrogen rich. I think Rep Markey came on to talk about that particular issue went with composting. I, I can't remember. But. I think he. I, I think he said. I can remember him being on talking about it. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. I, it just seems like we have a lot of um, individual efforts in the state going on. You know, seeming coming out of various offices, but nobody's talking to each other. 
I mean, this needs to be a big, cohesive message. Um, instead of little piecemeal stuff like this, it's going to hurt the little guy. It's, it's kind of outrageous. It is, and it's great that you guys brought it up. A lot of people won't know what's going on with it, but it's, it's going to hurt in the long run. All right, take care. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, listen, we've got to take a break, uh, and then we'll close out the hour. WBS Public Health in Dartmouth, Christopher Michaud. Uh, before I let you go, Chris, I appreciate you coming on. appreciate you talking to our audience. Um, what do you want to leave the audience with? Well, you know, this is your chance. These are regulations that, you know, you may say they're not going to impact me. They're going to impact the area. So, you know, think about your neighbors, your friends, and just the others that you're saying, well, this isn't fair. So, you know, please contact, you know, your elected officials, send an email to the uh, email that you can find on our website for sending pub, uh, public comments by Friday at 5 p.m. December 16th. So by next Friday at 5 p.m., people can submit a comment to the Department of Public uh, Environmental Protection, uh, letting them know how that how this is going to personally impact them and how they feel about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and even if you're for these rights, we're not here to